Yo, if you are a regular listener to the Grizz podcast, it's because it helps guide, encourage, and equip you on your journey with Christ. Otherwise, you wouldn't be coming back week after week. It's awesome. I love it. I'm so glad you're here. But if that's you, would you stop just being a consumer and become a partner? This ministry would not exist without the faithful financial support of listeners just like you. So become a monthly financial supporter to our nonprofit ministry for as little as $10 per month. That's a mere $250 per week. But it really does help us do what we do. So put me on pause right now. I won't be offended. And go to narrowtrail.com. Click on our give page, narrowtrail.com give page, and set that up. I promise it's safe, secure, and easy, and you can cancel at any time. Don't just be a consumer. Become a partner with us. You know what I'm saying? On this episode of the Grizz Podcast, we're going to begin looking at the life of Joseph that is found in the book of Genesis. This is one of my all-time favorite stories in the Bible. I've taught on it many times to teenagers at camps and retreats, but this is my first time teaching it to manly men like yourself. There is so much for us to learn from the life of Joseph that can help us be much better men, better husbands, better fathers, better leaders. But you know what? Joseph wasn't always a manly man. He became one. God chiseled him into one. And the chiseling is not a pleasant or quick process, as we will see. You know, in 1 Corinthians 16, verses 13 and 14, God commands us to be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, Let all that you do be done in love. That verse has always been the basis for the Grizz podcast. And throughout this study of the life of Joseph, you will see that Joseph becomes an incredible living example of this. So if you want to follow along in your Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 37. That's where we're going to camp out for this episode. I'm here with my Bible open a fresh cup of hot coffee, and my dog Remy at my feet. Dude, it's going to be a good one, my brothers. So here we go. Oh, yeah. You're listening to the Grizz Podcast, where our mission is to help boys become men and to help men become better men. It's going to be raw, it's going to be real, and it's going to be relevant. Now, here's your host, Jason George. I'm your huckleberry. Yo, yo, what's going down? All my brothers, from other mothers around the world, thank you so much for tuning in to the most grizzled podcast in the entire universe. I'm so grateful to be in your ear, right there with you, wherever you are, at the gym slamming some weights or on a walk in your neighborhood or hiking a trail in God's beautiful creation or 
Maybe you're riding in your vehicle as you commute to work. Or maybe you're just sitting in your office or working on a job. Got the old headphones on, listening to the Grizz. I'm so grateful to be right there with you. I mean that. I enjoy hearing from listeners as they tell me how much the podcast is helping to guide, encourage, and equip them in their journey up the narrow and difficult trail of following, not the Grizz, but Jesus Christ as their Lord of their life. Dude, that's what it's all about. That encourages me. That's the payoff right there. I am here in the Grizz Cave, a.k.a. my office. My dog, Remy, here sleeping at my feet under my desk as usual. Sipping on a hot cup of coffee. It's a beautiful day here in the low country of South Carolina. About 85 degrees, sunny, blue skies today. I want to get out and enjoy it because we got some bad weather coming as a hurricane is making its way up north. That's right, man. Hurricane. Man, I should have had some scorpions ready and queued up so I could hit that. Rock you like a hurricane. Here I am. Dude. (laughs) What a song, dude. Anyway, before we dig into the story of Joseph, I got to tell you guys what happened to me on my mountain bike ride this weekend. I was almost killed. Dude. Not by a gator, not by a bear, not by a cougar, but by a raccoon that was possessed by a demon. Dude, tried to kill me. So there I was on my mountain bike. I come up to this grassy stretch, kind of this natural bridge, grass, going over this swampy area, single track in the middle. What do I see up ahead about 50 yards? Is that a fox? No. It was a bobcat. That was unusual. I never see bobcats in the wild. So I start creeping up on them. And then I'm like, wait, you don't creep up on a bobcat. It's going to freak out and kill me. So I make some noise. Bobcat runs off. But I say, thank you, God, that I got to see a bobcat in the wild. What a blessing. I ride on. Beautiful ride. Loving every minute of it. You know what I'm saying? About a mile later, I'm like, what is that? Wait, what is that? What is that up ahead in the trail? What is looking at me with those evil eyes? It was a demon raccoon. That's right. It wasn't moving. I thought it would scatter off. It didn't scatter. Just looks at me. And then it begins charging me. And it begins making these demonic noises. I kid you not. I'm like, what in the heck? It's coming at my legs. I have to get off my bike. Put the bike between me and the raccoon. Use it as a shield. As a defense weapon. It begins like mauling. Biting, clawing at the tires on my new Santa Cruz tall boy, you freaking demon. I finally hit it one good time with the bike, and then I just hop on the saddle and I take off. This is a true story, man. It's still trying to come at me, but you can't catch me on the Santa Cruz tall boy. What are you thinking? I am the Grizz.
Dude, I get down the trail about a mile, trying to get on Facebook and tell some local riders what they got to look out for. And then another rider comes up. I say, hey, man, you okay? He goes, man, a raccoon tried to kill me. I'm still experiencing PTSD from this whole ordeal. It's crazy. Man, I have my gun and my camel pack. My uh, small little Glock 43X. Just in case. Because where I mountain bike, man, there's literally gators. There's wild pigs. Coyotes. You know, I thought those would be an issue. Never thought that uh, a raccoon would be an issue. But I will never ride that trail again or any trail without my gun ready and at my hip. You know what I'm saying, dude? So, that's crazy, man. Freaking demon, rabid raccoon. Trying to kill the grizz. I hate raccoons. I always have. You know, even when I go deer hunting and a raccoon comes out, I just shoot them and kill them. I put so many arrows in raccoons. It's crazy. I even impaled one to a tree. Came up a tree beside me, like 15 yards. Began to look at me and hiss at me. I was like, you're going to die right here. I killed him. I impaled him to the tree, man. He just was hanging there bleeding. This is a true story, too. This just shows how demonic they are, man. Something ain't right. I don't even think they're part of original creation. I think raccoons, something happened after the fall of Genesis chapter 3. And then, then, I don't know. That's where they came from. Just crazy. They're They're not normal. So anyway, I impaled this raccoon to the tree. The broad head of the arrow, you know, like the tip, the razor blade tip, it just ripped this thing open. So blood is just pouring out, man, on the ground. And I'm happy. I'm not going to lie, man. I'm happy. I'm like, die, die, sucker, die, die, hate you. His little friends on the ground saw it. They took off. I'm like, yeah, run, run, all of you. Get away from me. Try to deer hunt. So the thing finally gives up the ghost, right? It dies. It's hunched over on the arrow, impaled to the tree. I am not exaggerating. Like three minutes go by, four minutes, maybe five minutes. I go on like, okay, killed a raccoon. Let's see if any deer come out. It's like right at dusk, you know. All of a sudden, the raccoon jolts back to life on the arrow looks at me, puts its claws up, and hisses at me and goes, and then, like, totally dies. Like, second death type thing. I was like, what the heck was that? It was so freaky, dude. Like, the hair on the back of my neck stood up. I got down out of that tree, got my tree stand off the tree, packed up, Left that freaking arrow in that raccoon, impaled. And I was like, I'm getting out of here. I'm never hunting this area of woods again. This is, this is just creepy, man. Anyway. Dude. All right. Enough about my raccoon stories. We got to rip into the meat of this week's episode. Genesis chapter 37. 
Jacob lived in the land of his father's sojournings, in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pastoring the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel, or Jacob, loved Joseph more than any other of his sons because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a robe of many colors. I want to stop right there. That's enough for right, right, right now. I want to talk about this. So right off the bat, the first person we meet in this story of Joseph is Joseph's father. We got to pause and talk about this guy. I got to give some background here. Let me grab a sip of my coffee right quick. So his name is Jacob, and his other name is Israel. And the word or the name Israel means God strives. That name goes back to Genesis chapter 32, where it was given to him by God after he wrestled with God and clung to him for a blessing. The name Israel is a definite upgrade from his original name, Jacob, because that original name, Jacob, which literally meant chiseler or deceiver, that's what it meant. I'm serious. That's what his name, Jacob, literally meant, chiseler or deceiver. You see, Jacob, who is, again, Joseph's father, we're into the story of Joseph, but we got to talk about dad first. Jacob really was a deceiver. He was a cheat. A few chapters back in Genesis, we see that with the help of his mother, Rebecca, Jacob deceived his brother and father in order to get the birthright that the eldest brother Esau was supposed to get. And then later, Jacob again deceived his father when he was on his deathbed to get his father's blessing, and he pretended to be Esau. Genesis chapter 27, verses 35, 36 says this, but he, Isaac said to his son Esau, your brother, referring to Jacob, came deceitfully and has taken away your blessing. Esau said, is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has cheated, deceived me two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. Jacob, Joseph's father, listen, guys, this guy does not have a godly testimony. His father is not known as a man of integrity. His father, Jacob, has a shady past. And guess what happens to Jacob? Guess what happens? Just as the Bible says, he reaps what he sows. He reaps what he sows. Man, do we as men need to be reminded of that biblical fact. You reap what you sow. Galatians 6, 7 says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows that will he also reap. 
So later in his life, Jacob, Joseph's father, a.k.a. Mr. Deceiver, Cheater, he gets a taste of his own medicine when he is deceived by a guy named Laban who gave him, gave Jacob, his daughter Leah to marry instead of his daughter Rachel, whom he promised to give to Jacob. That's who Jacob really loved was Rachel, but he gets Leah. Laban and Leah deceived him. And then Jacob worked seven more years for Laban to finally get to marry Rachel. But then he has two wives, which is polygamy. And that's always a bad idea and never God's design for marriage and family. It always causes problems. You see, God's clear design for marriage has always been one man and one woman, husband and wife. That's it. That's all. That's God's clear design for marriage. Always has been, always will be. Anyway, Jacob is also later deceived by his own sons regarding the disappearance of his favored son, Joseph. We will soon get to that part of the story. The brothers, a lot of you remember this, make Joseph's disappearance look like a wild animal killed him in the wilderness. But in reality, Jacob's son sold Joseph as a slave to Ishmaelite traders who were heading to Egypt. Listen, guys, you reap what you sow. It is a biblical fact. Galatians 6, 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. Jacob was a liar, a deceiver, a cheat, and now later in his life, he reaps what he has sown. He gets a taste of his own medicine. Let's pause right here for a moment. I want to make some practical application to our own lives as men. Ask yourself right here, right now, ask yourself, am I a liar? Am I a deceiver? Do I BS? Do I exaggerate? Do I cheat people? If you do, that needs to stop immediately. That needs to stop. You need to confess that to God and to another brother in Christ. Practice some James 5.16. And then you need to repent. Completely turn away from lying, deceit, cheating, and pursue being a man of truth, honesty, authenticity. If you don't, I assure you, on the authority of God's word, you're going to reap what you sow. It's only a matter of time before your lying, deceit, your BS, your cheating catches up with you and ruins you. I've seen this happen to loved ones, to family members, to friends, to pastors, youth pastors, ministry leaders, business owners. I've seen it happen. It will catch up with you. You will reap what you sow. 
Listen to what God says about lying, deceiving, cheating. Colossians 3, verses 9 and 10. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. God is truth. So guess what he wants us to be? Like him, people of truth. Proverbs 6 says that God hates lying. Proverbs 12, says, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. 1 Peter 3.10 says, for whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. You see, if you want to reap loving life and seeing good days, then keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. If you want to reap problems, consequences, pain, then lie. Deceive. Cheat. BS people. Revelation 21 even says that those who make lying a practice of their life, it reveals that they're not truly saved. And they're eventually going to be cast into the lake of fire. It says, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. It's scary stuff, man. Very scary stuff. You reap what you sow. Get that through your head. And you know what else? There are two more things I want to mention about this whole you reap what you sow thing. Number one, you're not the only one who reaps what you sow. Listen to me. Your sin, your lying, deceiving, cheating, your sinful choices can also bring negative and painful consequences upon other people who don't deserve it. Your sinful choices bring collateral damage. Others also reap what you sow. I believe this is exactly what we are about to see in the life of Jacob's dysfunctional family. His sinful choices cause problems down the road, not just for him, but for many others. We need to really think about this and let it motivate us to make good, godly choices, to be honest Men, men of integrity, authenticity. Did you know that every single day of my life, I reap the consequences from sins that another man committed? Every single day of my life, I reap the consequences from sins that another man committed. It's true. You see, every single day, I'm in chronic pain. I deal with severe lower back, neck, hip, leg, and head pain. I feel it right now as I record this episode. I have scoliosis, curvature of the spine, and I also have bone spurs in my neck along with some herniated disc. I was at the gym yesterday trying to do a leg workout. It was extremely painful, but I did it. I did the best I could. Unfortunately, 
I can't do what many other guys can do with squatting and deadlifting heavyweight. I also can't really jog anymore. That's how bad my lower back is. I'm trying to get treatment, figure out what I can do, but I'm not a candidate for surgery. Surgeon says my back is just not bad enough. <laughs> okay. So the last few years, it's even becoming more and more difficult to just go on walks, to do a hike. Listen, guys, I would love to be doing harder workouts than I do. I'd love to be competing in obstacle course races or training in some sort of a martial art. I really would love to do that. That's me, man. But my injuries won't allow that. Not only am I dealing with chronic physical pain, but over the years, I've also had to deal with thousands upon thousands of dollars of medical bills. From all of it. I've been reaping the consequences from sins that another man committed. You say, Grizz, what the heck are you talking about? I'll tell you. One night, way back when I was in eighth grade, I was riding my bike to a 7-Eleven to pick up a loaf of bread for some steak sandwiches that my older brother, Mark, was cooking us back at home. For those of you that don't know, I lived with my older brother, Mark, from the age of 12 to 18. He was my legal guardian. I had a very broken, dysfunctional home life family. Anyway, we needed bread. We didn't realize we didn't have bread. I had just gotten a new bike for Christmas. This was like February the 8th. I wanted to go ride my new bike. It was dark out. My brother said, don't go. I'll just run down there. I said, no, I want to ride my bike. He says, okay. So I go out riding my bike to 7-Eleven, which was at the front of our neighborhood. It's cold. It's no one's out on the road. It just felt awesome. I remember riding, weaving back and forth. And I was like, man, I love this bike. This feels so good. I stop at a stop sign at the front of our neighborhood, like I'm supposed to do. I had one foot on the curb right by the stop sign, waiting for traffic to pass before I crossed the road to get to 7-Eleven. I could see the 7-Eleven sign right up ahead. There it was, when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, came a F-150 truck accelerating directly at me right by the stop sign one foot up on the curb I had no time to react all I saw were two bright headlights and then it was lights out he completely crushed me he broke my left leg completely in half and mangled it on the pedals and the bike sprocket I flew off the bike, I hit the back of my head on the asphalt, fractured my skull, I didn't have a helmet on, I was bleeding from my nose and my ears, I was fading in and out of consciousness, 
I seriously thought I was going to die that night. It was one of a few times in my life that I was right on the edge of death. It was scary. And here's the thing. The driver of the F-150 truck was an old man who we later found out had been drinking. And he was coming from a local strip club. He completely came on my side of the road, up near the curb, right by the stop sign. He never saw me, and he crushed me with his truck, almost ending my life. No criminal charges were pressed because an off-duty cop showed up on the scene and never tested the man for alcohol. It took almost a year for me to recover, to be able to walk and jog normal. I lost a lot of leg strength in the leg that was broken that took a long time to rebuild. It hindered me greatly my first year of wrestling, not having the leg strength I needed. And a lot of the damages that were caused to my body from that accident really didn't affect me until later in life. And now it's later in life. It caused me to develop scoliosis, curvature of the spine, because as the leg that was broken in half healed up, it became longer than the other leg. So I'm not balanced. I'm, I'm off. One hip on an x-ray always looks elevated from the other hip. It, over time, has caused the scoliosis curvature of the spine. <laughs> I also got the neck problems that cause chronic headaches. I deal with chronic pain every day. Every day I'm reaping the painful consequences of sinful choices that another man made. I'm reaping what he sowed. And that's often how it goes. That's reality for millions of people around the world. They're reaping some sort of painful consequences from sinful choices that others sowed. So guys, listen to me. Your sinful choices have consequences, not just for you, but for others as well. And we see this in the life of Jacob, Joseph's father. There's one more thing I want to mention about this whole you reap what you sow thing. Some of you young guys, you may have this thought. When I get older, when I get married, when I raise kids, that's when I'm going to get really serious about being a godly man. Right now, I'm going to enjoy some things. Okay. You can do that. But just know that your sins from your younger years come back to haunt you later. You reap what you sow and others also reap what you sow. Yes, God can forgive you, but that doesn't mean that there aren't painful consequences for the sinful choices that you make early in life. Period. Facts. 
I know what I'm talking about. I've lived it. I've seen it. I've suffered because of it. I am suffering because of it. So stop your selfish lying, deceiving, cheating, BSing. Stop being a Jacob. Repent. Be a man of truth, honesty, authenticity. Look, man, if you slip, if you fall, if you sin, if you make a mistake, own it. Own your junk. Tell the truth. That's honorable. That's manly. That's grizzen. We all need to hear this, guys, including me. I'm astounded and disgusted at how easily, how naturally I can lie and deceive. I've caught myself doing it many times. Sometimes I've done it just to make myself appear better than I really am, to make myself appear godlier than I really am. Sometimes I've lied because I didn't want to deal with the consequences of something bad that I did, I shouldn't have done. So as I said, we all need to hear this, including me. We all need to be praying and asking God to make us men of truth, honesty, authenticity. So this right here, guys, this is the beginning of the story of Joseph. I'm just giving you some background and context regarding the type of father that he had and trying to draw out some practical application from it. We're going to learn more of what not to do as a man and even as a father from Jacob in coming episodes <clears throat> because he makes some serious mistakes as a father. But I believe that this whole idea of you reap what you sow is so important and it's enough for us to chew on for now. Seriously, meditate upon these things, my brothers. When this episode is over, just sit in silence and think about what you've just heard and how it applies to your life. Take heed to what God is trying to say to you through all of this. And then go make the changes that you need to make. Do it today. Don't wait. If you need to go apologize to someone or ask for forgiveness, you go do it. If you need to come clean about some lying, some cheating, deceiving, some BS, you go do it. That's the manly thing to do. That's the wise thing to do. That's the safest thing to do for your future and for others. All right. A couple closing items of Grizz Biz. I need some more of that Halloween music, man, if I'm going to do this. I'm going to close out this episode being freaky. Where is it? There it is. All right. Couple closing items of Grizz Biz. I try to send out a weekly email to help guide, encourage, and equip Christian men in their journey with Christ. It's called the Growl. That's right. 
It's called the Growl. If you'd like to subscribe to that, there's a link in the show notes, and you can cancel at any time. So click on that link, sign up. Also, we have some upcoming interviews lined up that I know you guys are going to enjoy and gain much guidance and encouragement from. We have Pastor Jarrett Samuels from the Pursuit of Manliness podcast coming on the Grizz podcast in October, as well as George Anthony Wiebe, the second. That's right. Can't forget that part. He's a former U.S. Marine, former U.S. Air Marshal, currently serving as a chaplain, men's life coach, and head instructor at Lionheart Jiu-Jitsu Studio. I'm also going to get back to sharing more of what I'm learning from the book, The Comfort Crisis by Michael Easter. I shared some back in uh, episode 185. I reached out to Michael Easter to try to get him to do an interview with me. What else? Last item of Grizz Biz, if you're a Christian man struggling with pornography, lust, sexual sin, and if you want out of it, consider joining one of our online small groups. They're called Climb Teams. We actually had one last night. Went really well. Love seeing guys making progress, growing, achieving sobriety. Climb teams give you the connection, support, accountability, encouragement, and guidance that you need to overcome. To learn more, go to narrowtrail.com or you can contact us at info at narrowtrail.com. We have groups that meet on Mondays at 9 p.m. Eastern and a new one is starting in October that'll meet on Thursdays at 11 a.m. Eastern. Let us know if you're interested. If you're out on the trail, keep your guard up. There are demon raccoons among us. Kill them! Kill them all! Kill them all!